I refer first to the need for far greater public information and second to the need for far greater official secrecy. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. That's President John F. Kennedy's speech before the American Newspaper Publishers Association in 1961. JFK was eventually assassinated in 1963 in Dallas, Texas. Reflecting on his speech begs the question, is freedom of the press in the West threatened? I'm Daryl Vandenberg, and this is Your World Uncensored. In this podcast episode, we're going to look at the state of the freedom of the press in the West. And is it really in peril? We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. An idea of what journalism might be facing today will explore what's happening to Julian Assange. The founder of WikiLeaks is facing 175 years in prison in the U.S. for his part in exposing alleged U.S. war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's currently jailed in London, England. A lot has been said and written about Julian Assange, and there's a broad range of views about the man. But the substantive matter here is, quite simply, that he's been persecuted for publishing information that was in the public interest, including hard evidence of US war crimes. That the perpetrator of those crimes, America, is now seeking to extradite Mr Assange to face 17 counts of espionage and one of hacking is unjust, in the extreme, and arguably illegal under British law. If the extradition goes ahead, not only would Mr Assange face life in a US prison, but the precedent would be set for all Australians, and particularly for journalists, that they are at risk of extradition to any country they offend. Member of the Australian Parliament Andrew Wilkie was the only serving intelligence official in Australia, the UK, and the US to resign publicly in protest before the Iraq war. And considering Julian Assange is an Australian citizen, Wilkie is now fighting for his release. Does that mean that any time an Australian journalist offends any other country, that that country can successfully extradite that Australian journalist to that country? If the precedent is set about Julian Assange, does that mean that the next time an Australian journalist offends China, and China demands that journalist to be sent to Beijing for special treatment, does that mean the Australian government will roll over? 
Does it mean that if an Australian journalist says something that offends Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia wants to get their hands on that journalist, that the Australian government will roll over and agree to that extradition? Because that's what this is all about, Deputy Speaker. That's the precedent that will be set. And it is, it is shameful that the Australian government is standing by and letting these events unfold. A shocking demonstration of our subservience to Washington and our indifference to London. It's not good enough. It's beyond time that the Australian government recognised a terrible injustice to an Australian rotting in a jail in London. It's way beyond time that the Australian government fought for its citizens and for the Prime Minister to pick up a phone to Boris Johnson, pick up the phone uh, to Donald Trump and to say, back off, drop the extradition, let that Australian journalist come back to Australia. The bone that the U.S. has to pick with Assange is his part in what's considered the largest U.S. military leak of classified documents in history. U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning leaked the documents to WikiLeaks and was imprisoned from 2010 until 2017. The leak was then distributed to several media outlets. It included information revealing that the U.S. government withheld information on thousands of deaths in both wars. The documents basically have details on the entire Iraq war since 2004, which included the killing of civilians and children. Assange is now battling in court to stop his extradition to the U.S. and has been jailed for 50 weeks in the U.K. for skipping bail. That arrest happened after the Ecuadorian embassy in London kicked him out. He originally took asylum there in 2012 to avoid sexual assault allegations in Sweden that have since been dropped. Now his lawyers are seeking asylum for him in France. They'll also likely argue due process was violated for the secret recording of Assange and his lawyers at the embassy. The Spanish security company UC Global is under investigation for the recording that was shared with the U.S. Other allegations heard in court also tell of former U.S. Republican Congressman Dana Rohrbacher offering Assange a pardon if he says the Russians never meddled in the U.S. election. Of course, President Donald Trump and Rohrabacher have dismissed the allegations as a lie. WikiLeaks even leaked thousands of Democratic National Committee emails involving Hillary Clinton days before the 2016 election. So the plot is pretty thick, but leaks like the war logs were massive. And according to WikiLeaks, they revealed the truth about war, like the evidence of torture and the death of thousands of Iraqi civilians. The massive dump of documents to the media was seen as a threat to national security. People like Hillary Clinton even said it put lives at risk. But how important are whistleblowers to democracy? And is the persecution of people like Julian Assange, Chelsea Manning and Edward Snowden a threat to freedom of the press in the West? George Orwell's 1984 was supposed to be a cautionary tale about the evils of big government, not an instruction manual for this prime minister. Canadian Parliament recently heated up over fears news media could face restrictions under a review of the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission. It seemed to have kicked off after a Liberal minister was quoted saying media would have to apply for a license. The misquote has since been corrected. I want to be unequivocal. We will not impose licensing requirements on news organizations, nor will we regulate news content. However, fears and concerns around the possibility of further control over the media in Canada have stuck, as heard from the Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. 
multiple recommendations in this report that propose codes of conduct, regulations and fines for other types of media content and other types of platform. Now, can the Prime Minister expand beyond this narrow rejection of just the question of licensing? This goes beyond that to other forms of codes of conduct, other aspects of this report that would restrict free speech. Will the Minister reject all of After all, there is a history of journalists running into trouble in Canada. In 2013, several journalists in Quebec were under police surveillance for reporting on public sector corruption. Even a vice news reporter was ordered to hand over his communication and notes with an ISIS source over to police. Some might argue that could be justified, but where's the line? A remarkable story is happening in Australia right now that raises real questions about the ethics of the Australian government. Australian federal police officers are this afternoon continuing to raid the ABC's Sydney headquarters. And that the uh, reporters named uh, in the warrant are Dan Oakes and Sam Clark. They're the part of the national reporting team here at the ABC and the director of news, Gavin Morris. The June 2019 police raid and search was over the series of stories the Afghan Files, published by the ABC in 2017. They revealed allegations of unlawful killings and misconduct by Australian Special Forces in Afghanistan. It was reported from hundreds of secret defence documents leaked to the journalists. In 2003, while I was serving as an intelligence analyst in the Office of National Assessments, it became clear to me that the government's official case for war uh, was a lie. Now, with these new laws in place, uh, I'd be at risk of being in prison for up to 25 years um, for doing nothing more than seeking to publicise government misconduct, um, misconduct that was, in the end, well and truly proven. It's important to know the difference between someone committing espionage and someone exposing government misconduct. Obviously, sometimes those lines get blurred, and clearly most investigative journalists aren't enemy spies. But the Australian government says, quote, malicious insiders are those who have privileged access to information, technology, assets, or premises of significance to Australia's security or national interests, and who deliberately exploit their access in ways that compromise national interests. They may do this secretly to assist a foreign power, or they may release information publicly, potentially damaging Australia's defence, trade, security or other interests. The potential for malicious insiders to do harm has been aggravated by technologies allowing the bulk transfer and dissemination of electronically stored information. End quote. Does the section of quote, or they may release information publicly, sound like what a whistleblower or investigative journalist might do? I guess that would come down to intent. But has the precedent for targeting journalists under espionage laws already been set? Have the foundations of freedom of the press been undermined? Or are journalists and whistleblowers pushing the boundary on ethics too far? I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. In time of war, the government and the press have customarily joined in an effort based largely on self-discipline to prevent unauthorized disclosures to the enemy. In times of clear and present danger, the courts have held that even the privileged rights of the First Amendment must yield to the public's need for national security. Today, no war has been declared, 
And however fierce the struggle may be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. The trial for Julian Assange's extradition to the U.S. will begin again in May. This is a story that we'll definitely be following. In a similar podcast, we'll be talking to media outlets about the future of journalism in the age of Trump, fake news, and the challenges facing local media, be it budget cuts or amalgamation. Be sure to follow Your World Uncensored on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe and email us with your story ideas or stories you want to tell at yourworlduncensored at gmail.com. See you next time.